Hey, good evening there, sloggy kiddos. Whoops, do you hear that? There's a chair. I have about half hour before I gotta run off and grab dinner and go to work with a bunch of stinky, selfish, overpaid, immature. I mean, uh, my treasured fellow co-workers. Got a little bit of time, so I want to maybe get another chapter or two in. All right, so we we are in the midst of this final war with the dragons, right? And there's a lot of a lot of really tough things going on, bad things, bad things for uh, Prince Lander and his army. Oh, he's not a prince anymore, right? That's another sad thing. We lost King Whitson. But can you imagine a more noble way to lose your life than giving it for another person? Can any of you think of a scripture? Does any scripture come to mind about laying your life down? Anyways. You're kids. You don't have to worry about that. You just got to lay your Legos down in the right spot right now. But these are awesome stories, so I'm glad we're reading them. I'm going to pick up here in chapter 27. Where were we on 20, chapter 26? Okay, so Captain Massey and Lord Blackstar are on the scene now. That's good news, right? That's pretty awesome. Um, nice to hear their names again. There's some bad-to-the-bone, hardcore rabbits that we haven't seen for a long time since it's been a while since we read the first two books. But anyways, they turn the tide, drive off the dragons, and I think they decimated the uh, Grimbles, wimpy rabbits, which is really cool. So now they're heading back to the camp, to have an emergency council, right? And the last thing Lord Blackstar says in chapter 26 is, He's right, Lord Blackstar said, rising with a grunt. The dragons won't sleep. They'll be back for blood. Chapter 27. Long live the king, Mother said, kneeling to the ground before Lander. They were back at camp and in the king's council chamber. Lander reached for the queen mother, raised her up, and embraced her. I'm so sorry, Mother. She whispered close to his ear. We will store our grief for a season, son. But what you were, oh, sorry, be what you were raised to be. Be the king they all, we all need. I know you will. Lander let go of his mother and helped her to the seat on his right at the table. He hovered a moment over what he had always known as his father's chair at the head of the table, then sat in it. The rest sat too. Lander, bloodied and dirty from the battle, leaned forward. 
My noble lords, captains, and counselors, welcome. The time we have prepared for and dreaded for so long is upon us. The dragons will come, and soon, and we must be ready. Defend all, came the cry from the table. All defend. Lander nodded sternly, a half frown forming. I know it was Father's custom to outline the stations of defense at each meeting of his war council, but given the circumstances, I invite you to speak. Captain Blackstar, my lord, you have governed what has been a citadel of hope under the nose of cruel enemies. I invite your wisdom. I am young, and even when I was a child, need your insight. Oh, even as when I was a child, need your insight. Blackstar bowed, and Lander turned to the other side of the table. Captain Massey, we are so glad of your safe return. You have been my father's right hand through these wars and have been my mentor in many ways. I invite your wisdom at this grave hour. Massey bowed, and Lander turned again. Chief Heckle, Captain Walters, Captain Cove, Lord Galvet, and all you lords and Mother Saramac, I need your advice. I welcome it. Captain Walters bowed, then began to speak. Your father emphasized the west gate, and he did that because of the approach vector of the enemy. If it's the dragons, mainly, then they will march on us from north and west. So we must be strong there. But as Lord Grimble will hit us from the south, we must be strong there too. Chief Heckle nodded. And your majesty would be wise to look ye for surprises at the north gate. The villains may hit it again, thinking ye won't expect it. We must move the bulk of our defense west, Walter said, rising. The king always emphasized the west gate, and we shouldn't throw that away. Chief Heckle rose, holding up his hands as if to defend from a blow. Ye aren't accusing me of controverting the word of the fallen king. Surely ye cannot be. We drekkers will fight on the west gate like goodens and die on our feet doing it. But all I'm saying, all you're saying, Walters cut back as, as many counselors got to their feet and began shouting over one another, is you know better than King Whitson. Well, I can't see that myself. I served alongside him for years. Enough, came a harsh shout. The arguing bucks who were leaning over the table and pointing at one another parted, and Lander saw the small, frail form of Mother Saramac. Her ancient face was fixed in a scowl, and she glared at the bucks until they sat down, mute and ashamed. When the room had fallen absolutely silent, she rose and bowed as low as her bent back would allow. Rising up again, she spoke. Your Majesty, if I may be the first to contradict you, 
I say that, though you are wise to seek the wisdom of age and experience, and though your humility does you great credit, I do not think it is time for you to be humble. She glanced along the table at the lords and captains. You all speak of the will of the king, and you mean our beloved Whitson Mariner. Few loved him more than I, she said, touching the queen's hand. He was like a son to me. Her eyes glistened, but she carried on. However, with no disrespect intended, it doesn't matter what Whitson Mariner thinks right now. He is not our king. It matters what King Lander thinks. She sat down again, her strength waning. But she continued, There is no other buck present who knows the layout and tactics of this war better than you, King Lander. No one knows better which gate to reinforce. You will know what changes to make to the defensive strategy, if there should be any, better than anyone present. Captain Walters nodded. She's right. Your Majesty, forgive me. Mother Saramac coughed. I have more to say. She cleared her throat and continued, while every counselor listened intently and Lander's heart burned. What do you think we should do, King Lander? What's in your heart and head? I am older than any of you. My husband fell fighting for this community long ago on Golden Coast. My dear Whitson died hours ago fighting for this community. We might all be dead by dark fighting for this community. But I am convinced that what my king believes is best. What does he have in his heart to do? She peered across at Lander. Lander's heart was full of complex emotions. It felt heavy and proud, carrying his father's memory there. Honor, love, and loyalty were there. His mind felt on the verge of understanding something, and it excited him, but it seemed only just blocked off from his grasp. Mother Saramac continued, Holly Grimble, my new student, helped attend the return of the body of King Whitson. But she paused in a clearing and watched the beginning of the battle. She told me that she watched you, King Lander. She saw that when the line formed to hold against the dragons, you leapt forward and attacked the first dragon. Is that so? Lander frowned and nodded, and the thing his mind had been trying to find clicked into place. 
Chapter 28 The meeting ended, and Lander limped into the center of camp. It was in awful disarray, with posts unguarded and soldiers moving in odd, undisciplined patterns. Something was wrong. He felt it, the wrongness there in front of him, but it did not consume him. His heart was set and steady, even expectant. Dr. Grimes met him, shook her head, and bent to attend to his leg. Your Majesty, I am sorry to say that many soldiers are packing to leave. A mass desertion is underway. How is Grant? Lander asked. Even as he was, sir, she replied. He may come through, but not, if anything. She didn't have to say it. Not if the dragon's over on the camp. Walters rushed up, breaking free from a knot of reporting officers. Your Majesty, it's bad, sir. The army is coming apart. Lander smiled and nodded. Understood, Captain. If you please, have the officers gather every buck they can muster here in the center of camp. Say whatever you can to get them to stay, at least for this. Aye, sir, he replied, and he rushed off. Dr. Grimes mumbled worriedly as she cleaned and dressed Lander's wound once more. He leaned down. Good news, doctor. This is probably the last time you'll have to do this. She frowned up at him, then bent again, finishing her fresh stitches. She wrapped the bandage tight. That's the best I can do for now, your majesty. I feel good as new he replied, smiling. Doctor, please bring me my father's memory tonic. Your Majesty, she asked, frowning. Quickly now, good doctor. Yes, Your Majesty. She bowed and left him, a worried expression on her face. Lemuel crossed over to Lander and bowed. Please don't send me away again. I want to stay and fight with you. I want you by my side, Lander replied. Only do as I say in every detail, and you may stay. Lemuel beamed, a weight plainly lifted. Whatever you command, I will do. Lander hugged him. Remember you said that, brother. I will, he replied, a sliver of unease creeping into his otherwise delighted face. Why did you dismiss the council right after Mother Saramac spoke? Lemuel asked. Because I knew then what I was supposed to do, Lem, Lander said. It wasn't time for talk. It's a time for action. But now I do have to talk to the army. Nickel, Winnie, and Holly appeared, but the Drecker twins stopped at a distance while Holly approached. She fell to her knees in front of him, and Lemuel stepped aside. Your Majesty, Holly said, bowing low, I am so sorry about your father. I cannot tell you how grieved I am that he traded his life for mine. Mother Saramac says I should honor his act by living a full and virtuous life, but I cannot help but mourn the one so great died 
but mourned that one so great died for one so unimportant. A great king died for his enemy. It's horrid, and I'm ever so sorry. She wept. Lander knelt beside her, taking her hands in his. I understand your grief, and I too feel deeply sad that father is gone. But if you had known him better, you would be glad of how he died. He died as he lived, really. He would not regret it, so neither will I. Your life has deep value, Holly. Your only duty is to live well. And the first step is being reconciled with the gift of your life. How can I repay such kindness? She asked through her tears. Right now, you must help Mother Saramac secure her chamber. We cannot, at all costs, allow the dragons to have access to our secret lure. They would twist our gifts into unimaginable unimaginable villainies. They would bend what Fay intended. Holly nodded, wiping her eyes. I will protect the room and dear Mother Saramac. I will die to protect her and it. Lander helped her up. Thank you, Holly. Don't forget to remember that you are alive now. Don't forget to live. Holly laughed. You sound like her, like Mother Saramac. That, Lander replied, smiling, is the kindest word I've heard in a long while. Thank you. She bowed and hurried off while Nickel and Winnie looked on. Lander grinned at them. What are you two delinquents looking at? Nothing, your majesty, Nichols said. Only we're wondering what's afoot. The camps were emptying, and now it's filling. Are we coming or going? You will see, Lander replied. He looked around. A large crowd of soldiers had gathered and were packing the open space of the camp. There was a swelling tension among the gathered rabbits, and a worried murmur grew. Seeing barrels stacked high, Lander began to ascend them. He climbed carefully, trying not to tear the fresh stitches on his bad leg as he slowly reached the top. The crowd gathered close and quieted. Friends, he began, this is a day we will speak of to our grandchildren. We will say, that's the day we won an impossible war. This war has gone on for years. We have been fighting it a certain way, and that has been good. It has allowed us to survive, which is all which was always in doubt. I hear news today that, upon learning of the death of my father, many have begun to pack up to leave. That is a kind of tribute to him, and I thank you for it. Many have learned that the attack we've long known was coming, is coming indeed, and they have decided to go. 
You expect me to condemn you, but I do not. He shook his head and smiled at them. I say, go. We understand your desire. You want to take your family to safety, away from here to the safety of the woods. I agree with that desire. I do. And I say that every buck is, as of my command right now as your king, discharged from duty to this army. You are free. You may go. He paused, scanning the crowd. I am forming this day, in this moment, a new army. This is a volunteer army. We would not have you fight beside us if you, would not, if you will not volunteer for it. And I think you should consider it. Consider if the woods are safer than this new army of ours. This army will fight between our loved ones and the enemy. Out in the woods you may find safety. But out in the woods, where the, when the enemy finds you, you will be alone or in a small band. Here we have banded together. And my new volunteer army will band together and fight like never before. We will protect, as we always have, the most vulnerable. We will fight for the weak and the abandoned. We will band together and be stronger than any of us ever could be on our own. One plus one is sometimes three because we are better when banded together. I ask you to consider volunteering for my army. Cheers came from many, and the cheers were swelling when Lander held up his arms and waved them off. Do not so quickly agree to join my army. I have more to share with you before you decide. I will make it harder to enlist. I am with you, King Lander, no matter what came an exuberant shout from a soldier stuffed in among a, among a bunch near the front. Lander saw that it was young Riley Knox of the 15th. Come up here, soldier, King Lander called. The young buck scrambled up the barrels and stood on the one just beneath the top of the makeshift pyramid. He bowed and saluted. My first recruit, Lander said, smiling. But he shall be excused, too, after he hears all I have to say. For I invite you all into a danger you have never yet known. A murmur rippled through the host, and puzzled faces looked up at the king. Lander raised his hand again and continued, my father's call was defend all. The crowd shouted back, All defend! Lander nodded. He trained us to defend our own. He called us to defend. I will defend all we are and have. But in a way my father might never have. I honor my father best by honoring his values the best way I can.
in my own way. It will look a little different, but I believe it is the same good cause and the same good hope that motivates my decision. Another swell of murmuring swirled around the gathered rabbits. Some asked, Will he surrender? And another, Will he follow Grimble's path? Disagreements broke out and hot words were exchanged. The most loyal of Whitson's officers, foremost among them Captain Walters, looked at Lander with deep concern. Walters stepped close to the barrels, disbelief in his expression. Surely, your majesty, you won't surrender to the Dragon King. A fresh surge of groans and shouts of no sounded through the crowd. Lander held up his hands for silence. When it grew quiet enough, he raised his voice over the crowd. I will never surrender to Namaz the Destroyal or Grimble Half-Dragon. They can have my blood and bones on the field, but I will never willingly give them an inch. No, my brothers, we will not surrender, nor will we wait here and defend to the end. Lander raised his blade high and shouted, We will attack! Okay, kiddos, that's the end of chapter 28. I gotta get to work. I just gotta say, there was so much in those two chapters, I wish I could have stopped and just talked for hours on all of the character aspects that SD is relating to us here through uh, King Lander and all of his interactions and all of his decisions. It's super cool stuff. You guys are going to need to come back and read this when you're older. I can guarantee you I'm getting way more out of this. I can't guarantee that. I'm just saying, I'm getting so much out of this, and I really love reading these stories to you guys. So I bless you as your earthly father. I bless you in the power of the Holy Spirit to pick up on all of these wonderful Christ-like character attributes of Prince Lander. King Lander, sorry. Anyways, I love you kiddos. Hope you have a good night. I'll catch you all later. Bye-bye.